What is GDPR? And more importantly, how does it impact you and your company? Join internationally known data privacy, data protection expert, Jonathan Armstrong and Tom Fox, the compliance evangelist to learn more about the burgeoning world of data privacy and data protection. After listening to this episode, you'll walk away with a greater understanding of what this means for you and your organization. Life with GDPR is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This is our final episode of 2020 in Life with GDPR. Jonathan Armstrong and I take a look at some of the most significant cases from the past year, and we look forward into 2021 and what that might bring for data privacy and data protection. So, Jonathan Armstrong, what uh, has really struck you as uh, interesting uh, and unique over the past year from the data privacy, data protection perspective? Well, I am a great fan of the song, uh, The 12 Days of Christmas. And I'm going to suggest that this year, instead of us all singing Five Lords Are Leaping, we sing uh, five really instructive GDPR cases uh, decided. Um, And... I'll give you what could be my five, which I think have some instructive lessons. I think GDPR has matured in 2020. We're seeing far more uh, cases than we had and far more countries being involved. But I guess my five and the messages they bring would start with the British Airways case, I think. This is a case where the compromise uh, was through some third parties that BA had engaged to help with uh, ticketing and things like that on their website. So my uh, and and for those of you who followed it, there's a fine of about 22 million euros for that case. That was considerably reduced from the original notice of intent that the UK data protection regulator handed down. So obviously, that's a clear message to make sure that your suppliers are compliant. And for compliance professionals, you'll want to do that by having a process that you've agreed maybe with your information security team to ensure that suppliers have the right levels of compliance and the right skin in the game. My second case is the Marriott case. This is a case where Marriott acquired Starwood, and with it, they acquired Starwood's computer systems. And there was a data breach on one of Starwood's legacy systems. And so I think this is a reminder that compliance professionals should be engaged in the due diligence process. You should reach out to whoever's responsible for acquisitions in your corporation and ensure that a gap analysis is done on compliance issues. And that obviously has to include information security and data privacy. The fine there was just over 20 million euros. My third case is a relatively recent case, the uh, Carrefour case. Carrefour's a French supermarket chain, a bit like a mini Walmart. They uh, kept data for too long. They had a loyalty scheme that wasn't properly disclosed. And also relevant to uh, a case that I'm going to talk about in a minute, their they weren't clear as to how they were transferring data to other entities. Relatively small fine there of just over 3 million euros. 
My fourth case is the H&M case. We've talked about this before on these podcasts, Tom. This is a case where uh, H&M are a retailer again. They, um, some of their managers had conversations with employees. So routinely when an employee came back from a sick leave or from vacation, the manager would seek them out and have a chat. And I think a lot of employees thought this was nice and this was the employer caring about them. But in fact, they were recording all of these details on a computer system and too many people had access to that system. That led to a fine of just over 35 million euros. And um, and, and obviously, there are lessons there about not storing too much data, um, making sure that access rights are correct so that people can only see data on a need-to-know basis. And as you'd expect, my uh, fifth case is the uh, latest installment of the Schrems litigation. That's obviously going to rumble into 2021. We've got some uh, hearings lined up in Ireland, no, um, no finers yet. That might be something that's determined in 2021. But it introduced this concept of double due diligence, so do due diligence against the entity that you're going to transfer data to and the country where they are based. And obviously, if you're a subsidiary of a U.S. corporation, you still have to do that due diligence test on your parent company. It might seem somewhat artificial to see if, um, you know, if Daddy Co. is um, is an, is a fit and proper recipient of data from employees. But that's what the law requires you to do. So those five cases in total bring uh, damages in, uh, bring fines in of just under 81 million euros. So people who say that GDPR isn't being enforced, there's uh, at least 80 million euros there, I think, to say that they are wrong. But one of the significant things, I think, is we predicted, I think, right at the start that appeals under GDPR would have a fair chance of success. And my colleague Andre Bywater did a piece of work on this in the you know before GDPR came in based on the antitrust model, which is in some respects the antecedent for the fine regime under GDPR. And Andre had been involved in a couple of cases under the uh, antitrust regime, successful challenges to fines. And we're starting to see those successful challenges come through as well. We've had uh, fine reductions in the UK after a notice of intent was uh, served, which have been substantial. And we've also had successful appeals now in Germany over the one-on-one -on -one case, in Sweden, and in Austria most recently with their uh, post office case. And those reductions and appeals have reduced fines by 300 uh, million euros. So 302 million uh, euros for those who, who want precision. So I suppose my point is that it's been a good year for GDPR, um, that I, I think GDPR has matured. I think it has become almost structurally significant in most corporations.
But at the same time, I think that 300 million euro figure shows that there is still a lack of precision, perhaps amongst regulators, as to what exactly the court's attitude will be. And one of the difficulties, I think, for many compliance professionals is uh, lawyers who don't know this space have frequently just used official guidance and cut and pasted that into the notes that they've given corporations. And those of us who've been in this space a long time have known that the guidance rarely holds up or the guidance does not hold up as much as people would think it would in areas like subject access request, probably less than 50% uh, of the uh, times does a court hold up uh, SAR guidance. So the other thing it tells us, I think, is that when an organization is faced with a GDPR challenge, and if it is faced with a fine, it needs to look carefully at how it proceeds. There are significant levels of fine here, as I've said, 80 million in euros in just four cases alone, but at the same time, significant opportunities to check what regulators are doing when they get it wrong. So, Jonathan, do you see the same uh, uh, maturity curve in corporations and in data protection compliance programs uh, as well? I think there are still gaps in most corporations' plans, and regrettably, those gaps usually come to light, from my experience, either when they're trying to do some sort of transaction. So, for example, be acquired or raise cash or do an IPO. And I think that the Marriott case has really put the focus on that because obviously the acquirer wants to do proper due diligence now because otherwise the asset that it's paying for is worth less than the money it's handing over. So I think acquisition tends to be, or some sort of transaction tends to be one of the uh, pressure points when we work out how good the compliance program is. And the other is 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 data breach. And obviously, every organization, even the best run, have data breaches. Uh, and many organizations now are having more than one data breach. And we're seeing some regulators track recidivist offenders, if you like, and ask them more significant questions. So in many jurisdictions, if you've had one forgivable breach, then that might not be come public. But if you have repeated violations, then you're on the radar. We've seen that with a lot of telcos, for example, in Italy, where the fine levels are going up because of uh, repeated data protection offences. And I think that's a trend we're likely to see more of in 2021 as well. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'd like to thank you for listening to our year-end summary of thoughts of Jonathan Armstrong around GDPR. This is our last episode for 2020. So if you've been with us the entire year, I wanted to thank you as the Compliance Podcast Network is now the award-winning Compliance Podcast Network, and you, our listeners, are a part of that. If you're new to Life with GDPR, uh, thanks, and I hope you will join us again in 2021 where Jonathan and I continue to explore the contemporary events around GDPR, what it means for corporations and compliance practitioners going forward. 
I hope you have a safe and happy new year, and I look forward to visiting with you in 2021. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.